Well, I am so glad to be here with you today. Just want to welcome those watching in the venue, those watching online. I know that we got a lot of families traveling today for spring break, so just so glad that you could join us. You know, as we began this series last week, Unhurry Already, and we continue today, and as I was listening to Adrian speak about all the things that have led to hurry sickness in our culture, I couldn't just help but be back there and realize that I check a lot of those boxes. You know, spring's just around the corner, and you know, for many of us, we do spring cleaning. But if you're anything like me, spring cleaning can begin in January. Right, so I was up in my closet in January. I, specifically this, this year for me, it was clothes. So I'm going through all my different clothes and I come across something that reminded me of a really embarrassing moment. So the backtrack a little bit, my, my wife and I are coupon people. I like coupons because it makes me feel like it's okay to buy something. So we get a coupon uh, to the, one of the stores in the mall and our kids are growing up like weeds. We have three kids and they're constantly running out of pajamas because they're outgrowing them. So we get in the van and we're looking for pajamas, at least we're supposed to be in the store. And I, I get this itch and I lean over to my wife and I say, hey, you got the kids, it's okay if I go over and look in my section of the store. My wife is very gracious. She said, okay, you're, you're okay to do that. So I head over to my section and I'm looking through the different shirts and the itch goes a little bit deeper to where I'm like, huh, I'm kind of running short on button-up shirts. So I keep on looking and then the itch even goes a little bit further and I tell myself this age-old lie, I need another shirt. So I find one that I like and then I try it on and it, it fits, which is good. So then we, we check out and we head home. And one thing that we like to do as a family, it's kind of fun when you have young kids, is we like to show each other what we bought. So I, I turn to my oldest son, Luke, and I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, what kind of pajamas did you get? Is that a dinosaur slam dunking a basketball? Oh, man, you're going to look so cool in that. Then I, then I turn to my daughter, Eva, and I say, well, what did you get from the store? Is that Minnie Mouse? Oh, you're going to look so pretty in that. And then my son turns to me and he says, Daddy, what did you buy from the store? And I'm really proud of the shirt that I bought. I like it. So I, I pull it out and I show it to him like, hey, Luke, what, what do you think of the shirt that I bought? And he just starts laughing. <laughs> so I'm not sure what to think. Like, so like, so buddy, why don't you like my shirt? Why are you laughing? And then he just calmly tells me, Daddy, you already have that shirt. <laughs> this is my initial reaction. I say, you're five, you don't know anything. <laughs> but, but I go upstairs and I pull that shirt that he's talking about out of the closet. And sure enough, it's not an exact match, but it's the exact same pattern with just a slightly different color. <laughs> You know, and as I was going through my closet that day, and you know, there's some various things in our home that we needed to go through because it was piling up, and I just said to myself many times over that two-week period, man, I could go for a little bit of simplicity. I mean, how many of us have moments like that? I mean, you're, you're probably smarter than me. You didn't buy the exact same shirt, but to where we feel this, this itch, this need to add more, 
And as I was going through all those items in my closet and through the house, and to even think about giving them away, it was really, really hard. Because what, what does our culture tell us? It tells us that the more that you have, the happier you'll be. Or maybe even the bigger you go, the more satisfied you'll be. So we keep on adding and we keep on retaining and then it piles up and then we need to organize. And then when we keep on getting more and the things that we don't actually use, but we want to keep, we reorganize and so and so forth. And we feel hurried. And we feel our heart being pulled in so many different directions. You know, there's a Netflix series that came out a couple years ago. It's called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Has anyone heard of that? I see a few hands in that room, in the room. So Marie Kondo is an organizational expert that goes into various homes in this series, and she helps them to simplify, to identify the things that they don't need anymore. And she asks a really good question. She asks, what sparks joy in your life? And if something doesn't spark joy, then you get rid of it. But there was a particular couple that I really connected with. It was a married couple that had two young kids. And the husband worked a job where it was about 50 hours a week. But about midway through the episode, they were just talking with him about how the process was going, was simplifying, and even what was going on inside. And I'll never forget his words. This is what he said. My wife and my kids are definitely not getting the best side of me. I want to be a good dad, but I'm so tired and frustrated about the house and not being able to keep up with maintaining everything in it. It really stinks to say this, but they might be getting the worst of me. You know, and these words pierced me because he was so introspective and it made me be introspective about myself. That as I have kept adding, as my eye has been distracted, I thought this to myself, is, is my family getting the best of me? Are my, are my coworkers? getting the best of me? And even go a little bit deeper, is God getting the best of me? Man, I could go for a little bit more simplicity. <laughs> Thought to my, that to myself again. So we're going to look at some words of Jesus today. Going to go a little bit beneath the surface about what's going on in our hearts so we're going to be going into Matthew chapter 6. I invite you, if you have your Bibles with you, to open up. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Uh, but if you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. We'll have the words up on the screen. Let's look at Jesus' words for us today. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I want to pause here. Would you, would you pray with me? 
So God, we, Jesus, we know that you care deeply for our souls. You're the good shepherd and you care for our hearts. So would you prepare our hearts to receive your word today? And God, even more so that maybe there's a bit of application that we can do even in our own lives as we go out. Jesus, we trust you. We know that you care for us. Pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Today, today we're going to be talking about the discipline of simplicity. As we talk about unhurrying in our life, we're going to talk about simplicity. And here's the big idea. The heart of simplicity is your heart. The heart of simplicity is your heart. I, I, could, I could say the word simplicity and with everyone in this room, we might come up with a different definition in our minds of what that might look like. There's a definition that I came across as I was preparing that was helpful for me as I was processing this. This comes from Richard, Richard Foster. He's a theologian and an author, and this is how he defines simplicity. Simplicity is an inward reality that can be seen in an outward lifestyle of choosing to leverage time, money, talents, possessions, toward what matters most. And anything else that doesn't fit within that, you eliminate. So too often when we, when we talk about simplicity, we focus on just the stuff. You know, I brought the example of tidying up with Marie Kondo. You know, she asked the question of the stuff, what sparks joy in your life? But we often neglect to ask what's going on a little bit deeper of what's going on in our heart. Because I could clear my closet, I could clear my storage space, my garage, I can even clear my calendar of activities to simplify as much as I want. But if I don't address what's going on in my heart, I'm gonna be prone to just fill it back up again. And Jesus is going to teach us the effect that this has on our hearts. Picking up in verse 19, where Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is speaking to a reality here that whatever it is that we treasure, whatever it is that we find our worth in, whatever it is that we set our hope in, our hearts go along with it. So I, I brought up with me a treasure chest. You might have been wondering what this was for, but I'm going to be putting some things in here that my heart can tend to treasure. And as I do it, maybe perhaps you would follow along with me that you yourself would fill this treasure chest with things that you treasure. All right, so let's see what I brought here. All right, okay. All right, so anyone who knows me a little bit knows that I love baseball. I loved it since I was a young age. And then if you know me a little bit more, you know that I love Atlanta Braves baseball. The 2021 Defending World Series champions. I get to say that. That's so fun. <laughs> and if you know me a little bit deeper, you know the amount of time and the amount of games that I watch within a given year. And I want you all to still think well of me, so I'm not going to give you that number. If you want to know, you can ask my wife, <laughs> right? But not just the time, but the amount of money 
that I spend. Friends, this is just a, a fraction. <laughs> it goes in the treasure chest because I can treasure it. All right, let's see what else. Okay, so um, a lot of you may know this, but I love music, and I can't fit a guitar in this. That, that's what I really love to play. Um, but, you know, I, occasionally I'll play drums on Sunday morning. I'm not really a drummer, but you're all really gracious with me. But this is what can fit inside a treasure chest. And here's the thing about music is that there's times when I can set my identity in it to where it begins to begin wrapped up in who I am. And if I'm not careful, and if you're a musician in the room, you know this temptation about all the new models of guitar and all the new models of gear that you can get. So my time, money, and even my identity can get wrapped up in it. It goes in the treasure chest. Okay, let's see. This is a Bluetooth speaker, doesn't need a lot of explanation. I was watching basketball yesterday and I saw a cool new gadget and I had to watch my heart because they're always coming out with new things, right? You buy something new and they're always updating it. My heart can treasure this, it goes in the treasure chest. All right, one more thing. All right, you're like, Matt, did you get that out of your office? <laughs> You know, this one's a tough one for me. I didn't tell my daughter that I grabbed this out of the toy area, but this is a tough one for me because I can wrap up my identity in what I provide for my kids and thinking that I don't want them to have not enough. So I keep buying and I keep buying and I keep buying. And it keeps piling up. It keeps piling up. And then I have to ask myself, okay, what is my heart treasuring? Then also, what am I teaching them about how to treasure? So here's a question. Is owning any of those things inherently wrong? No, it's not inherently wrong because God made everything good and he gave us everything to richly enjoy when we bring glory to him with it. But if I begin to set my identity, if I begin to treasure it, if I begin to put my hope in those things, what does Jesus say about earthly treasures? That they fade, that they wither, and that our hearts wither along with them. So this is where simplicity comes in because simplicity sets our hearts toward lasting hope. Simplicity sets your heart toward lasting hope. Instead of investing in earthly treasures, what does Jesus say? He says, invest in heavenly treasures. Invest in the people that matter most to you. Invest in building his kingdom. And even so, as he has blessed us with these possessions, maybe even leveraging those for the good of others. Simplicity sets your heart toward lasting hope when the things of this earth fade away. I'm going to pick up in verse 22. Jesus says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, 
How great is that darkness? You know, and after reading this, you might be thinking, all right, right, Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, what does my eye have to do with possessions? Well, Jesus is speaking something called an idiom. And an idiom is something that has a double meaning. So in Jesus' day, if you were said to have a healthy eye, it meant two things. That you lived your life with great intentionality. And two, you were generous to the poor. And he said that your body is full of light. But if your eye was said to be unhealthy, it was the exact opposite. Your body, or, uh, your body was full of darkness. You did not live your life with intentionality and you are not generous. So here, here's another way to think of it. You know, if I set my eye on an object, so the garage door here, and if my eye is healthy and it's able to properly focus on the light, I'll be able to see clearly where I'm going and my body will have steady movements. But what if my eye is unhealthy and it's not able to properly focus on the light? I could focus on that same object, but then I'll begin to have something called double vision, where it will split, it will become blurry, and what will happen if I begin to walk toward that object? My body is gonna become unsteady, and I'll be going in so many different directions. So this is what Jesus when he is talking about, when he's talking about our eye. If our eye is still focused on clinging to what we have, if we're not generous, if we just uh, live in a way that is, is ungenerous, this is what he's saying, that is that our hearts become unsteady. Our hearts become unsteady. So I, I ask this question, is your heart steady today? This is what simplicity does for us as well, that simplicity steadies your heart to focus on what really matters. Because if my eye is continually going to all that glitters, I'm gonna become distracted from the things that matter most. And friends, Jesus, remember, Jesus cares deeply about our hearts. So he says this, he invites us to simplicity, to steady our hearts, to focus on what matters most. All right, Jesus has one more word for us today. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, so this is a really, really challenging idea that Jesus gives us. I mean, really, it goes against the grain of our culture that says that the more that you have, the happier you'll be, so you need to go after more. But let me ask you this. When Jesus says you cannot serve both God and money, is that simply a command? It might sound like you should not or you shall not, but he says you cannot. How about this? In Luke 12, 15, when Jesus says, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions, again, I ask, is that a command? Or is Jesus just speaking about the reality of what our hearts can handle? See, Jesus knows the depths of our hearts, and he knows what our hearts go after. He knows that we're prone to wander. 
And this is what he's letting us know is that your hearts become divided. Your hearts begin to pull in different directions. Because what does he say next? He says, therefore, do not worry about your life. And that's what worry is, is it's pulling us in different directions. And this is what Jesus is cautioning us against, is to not allow your hearts to be divided. Again, this is the beauty of simplicity. Because simplicity severs the idols that divide our heart. Simplicity severs the idols that divide our heart. Friends, if you, if you really want to learn to sit with the Lord, if you really want to learn to sit in the joy in his presence, I'm just becoming more and more convinced that there is a need to eliminate the unnecessary distractions from our lives. As I've noted, all these things catch my eye. And when they do, I go back to them again and again and again. But this is what Jesus invites us to in simplicity. And so we don't want to just hear his words today. We want to be able to apply them. So as we talk about simplicity, Adrian noted that there are several different resources and uh, there's so much that we could learn about simplicity. So I invite you to go check those out at the info desk. But today I just want to suggest a practice and then a prompting question. All right, so here's the practice, and this is a biblical practice because this is something that Jesus invites us to very often in the Gospels. So here it is. Begin to get into the habit of giving things away. Because as Jesus notes that possessions have the ability to possess our hearts, and if our hearts go after those things that fade, our hearts wither along with them. Begin to get into the habit of giving things away. It reminds me of a story of uh, Rich Mullins. Some of you might know who he is. Uh, he's a Christian artist from the 80s and the 90s. He wrote this song, Our God is an awesome God, he reigns. He's the guy that wrote that song. But this is what he did because he realized the hold that possessions would have on his heart, particularly clothes, and how it robbed him of the joy the simple joy of being in the presence of Christ. So this is what he would do. Every year he would go into his closet and he would pull out the clothes and he would sort the new ones, put them in one pile, and then he would sort out the old grubby ones and then he'd put them into a separate pile. And then he would take the new ones and he would give those away. And he would keep the old grubby ones. This was his practice for not letting possessions begin to have a hold on his heart. And as he did this year after year, he grew in more joy in the Lord. So it it may not be closed for you. It might be something else. Begin to get into the practice of giving things away. Something uh, that I heard from a friend to do is to just put a bag by the door. And then every day this week, fill it up with something. And as you do that, and as you give it away, examine what's going on in your heart. Because again, simplicity is not just about the stuff. The heart of simplicity is your heart. Begin to get into the practice of giving things away. That's the practice. 
Here's the prompting question, and I have learned to begin to ask this of myself pretty regularly. So regularly ask yourself, who is leading my heart? Who is leading my heart? There's a really impactful conversation that I had with a friend uh, on the worship team. His name's Dustin Turner. I, I like to invite the worship team to come up at this moment. So th I love Thursday nights because after we rehearse, there's this chance to be able to connect. And I was talking with Dustin at the end of that rehearsal, and I was just sharing with him just how unsteady my heart was feeling. How I was feeling it being pulled in different directions. And Dustin has a really amazing sense about him because he, he asked me this. He said, Matt, how familiar, familiar are you with Psalm 23? Psalm 23 is a pretty well-known psalm. It's one that I learned from a young age. So even at that moment, I could, I could recite it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And he refreshes my soul. So, so I said it to him. And, and Dustin's like, good, that's really good. That, that's a great start, Matt. And then he asked me this question. He said, when the, the psalmist David is talking about green pastures, what is it that you envision? Okay, so I close my eyes and I think, and then I, I begin to envision something like this. Right, this might be the Midwesterner in me when I think about green pastures. But in this, as I'm being led by the shepherd, there's sustenance everywhere. In fact, I can even wander ahead on my own. I can wander to the side. I can wander to the other side, and I can find fulfillment and satisfaction when I picture it this way. So I shared that with him. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's what I thought about initially, too. They said, you have to think about the context of what the psalmist was in because they were in Israel near Jerusalem. And this is what it actually looks like up here. Where are the green pastures, right? <laughs> Where are the quiet waters? And this is what he reminded me of. He said, Matt, you need the good shepherd to lead your heart. You need to be led by the shepherd. Because as we wander off on our own and we're looking for satisfaction, what are we going to find? We're going to find that that does not satisfy. We're going to end up thirsty. And this is the beauty of simplicity because it eliminates those unnecessary distractions to where we can lay those aside and we can come back to the shepherd because he is the one that can lead us to that which is truly life. And he is the one that leads us to that which is truly joy. Man, I could go for a little bit more simplicity. <laughs> How about you? Let's pursue after it together. Uh, so Jesus, I, I'm so thankful. You gave us challenging words today. But God, you do it because you care for our souls and you care for our hearts. And you know that our hearts can only find satisfaction in you. And this is something that I struggle with regularly the itch for more, the itch to hold on. But God, would you help 
my friends in this room, we wanna grow deeper, we wanna know you more. So would you help us as we go after you? Give us the strength. God, would you be our vision as we worship you today? Praise in your name, amen.